of the great things that sometimes get lost in the power of the church is faith. Actual faith is the foundation for which we operate on. And that means that we take what we can't see, but believe in it so greatly that we make it real. So we are taught to walk by faith and not by sight. But in the world today, they do their best to make sure we walk by sight. So they fill our eyes and our TV screens and our radios full of information or fears and tactics that would cause us to look at those things. But I'm here to tell you today, if you can pull your eyes away from that chaos and put them back on Christ, put them back on the throne, there'll be comfort. Paul asked one time, have you received any comfort from knowing Christ? Have you received any strength from knowing Christ? So knowing him gives you comfort even in the midst of this major chaos that's going on. So even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't know it, he's working. He never stops. How beautiful is that as a message for us to receive today? I'm excited. Thank you again, Brother Kev. Uh, I, you know, I love that song. I couldn't begin to try to sing it like you do. Brother, I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, um, we all know that there was a plan in place to actually start in-person services. But we know right now that the way things are going in terms of the medical conditions and circumstances, um, that that has been delayed again. So I don't know the exact date for the new set date for in-person. But do me a favor. I need you to sit around your TV screen in the safety of your home or whatever. I want you to enjoy this service just like you were here. I know you're not here. I get that. But listen to me. The message doesn't change. So listen to the message. Take notes. Follow along so you'll get what this is supposed to be. Because the church is not this building. The church is us. So we're going to start a series today entitled The Church is the Change Agent. The Church is the Change Agent. I want you to know we actually did this series here in 2016, which is now five years ago. I don't know if you can wrap your head around that. We did this sermon series five years ago. That's pretty powerful. But here today, it's still as prevalent and as important as it was five years ago or a thousand years ago. The church is the change agent. What do we mean by that? Whenever we accept Jesus Christ... We enter into the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, which is really the church, we come here to change. So our acceptance of Christ allows us to be baptized on two levels, both physically and spiritually. Physically, in the water, we are lowered down and resurrected. Spiritually, the old you, the old interest, the old conscience, the old soul thought, The old mindset are all buried. They're done. You are resurrected a brand new person. Is everybody following me? Now, as this new person then 
God will then input new information into your mind, into your spirit, into your conscience, that you will be now transformed to a new individual. So this new information begins the process of you growing to become this new individual. If you don't get that, then you can actually join a church for a cause. Please follow along. So you can be a person that supports a cause, zealous about a cause, strong about a cause, but has not changed. So if your cause gets troubled or changed, you have a problem. I just want you to go along with me today. The purpose of the church is for you and I to come, be buried, resurrected, and then be transformed progressively to a new human being, a new person. Is everybody following me so far? So the church is supposed to be the change agent. Let me read you this program. I mean, this little paragraph here. It says, nowhere in scripture does the word church identify a physical place of worship, but rather a group or body of believers. The church technically was and is a group of called out Christian believers. Now, the word church or ecclesia or ecclesia was chosen from the Greek language and the Greeks used it as a political terminology to make sure that whoever the governor was, he'd have this group of people who were his ecclesia. They would find out from him what he wanted to happen in society. Then it became their duty as the ecclesia or the church to go into society and make sure everybody understood what the governor wanted. Are y'all following me? So, so as the church borrowed this term, Jesus is the head. Then we, the church, the body of Christ, find out what Jesus wants, find out what his causes are, then we take that information into society to make sure that everybody knows who our Jesus is. Are you following me? That is the definition of the church, not a building, but a group of people. So for us to really understand that is important, but also to understand how that concept was hoodwinked And then all of the power, the authority, the gifting had all been transferred to a building instead of the body. Well, we want to transfer that that power back to the body and let it be able to go into society and then manifest Jesus so people can know who Jesus is. Are y'all following me so far today? Is this making sense? Let's go to a couple of scriptures that I think will be beneficial to us. Let's go to Ephesians chapter three. Again, the church is the change agent. Ephesians chapter three. We're going to read verses 10 and 11 from the new living translation. And it reads as follows. It said, God's purpose in all this was to use the what church. He's not using a building. He's using us, the body to use the church to do what? Display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So God chose us, the body, us, to manifest his wisdom 
to the unseen rulers, to everybody. The body of Christ has power. But its duty or its purpose is to manifest what God desires. Does anybody get that? See, sometimes we get a church and church separate because they think they're supposed to manifest something they want to manifest. So then we separate one from another and we got a bunch of different churches running around all trying to fulfill a purpose that we think is important instead of fulfilling the purpose that God has mandated for us to do. Let me finish reading. It says, this was his not temporary plan. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he purposed that we would be able to manifest his wisdoms in the world. And he completed this plan eternally through Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the head. We are the body. Our job is to do what the head says do. Our job is to manifest what the head says manifest. Are y'all still with me this morning? So it's, it's, it's important for us to get that. Now, when we manifest something, that means we bring it to a point that is able to be seen and understood by others. In reality, that doesn't happen in service because everybody usually that comes to service has already had this manifestation. <laughs> we are to manifest this to the places that the people that don't know this wisdom, this understanding. Let's go to another verse that I think will help us in defining what this church is supposed to be. Hopefully this is helping you today. <coughs> Excuse me. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Again, the New Living Translation. Kind of defining what the church is. So let's read Matthew. It says, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? This is Jesus speaking. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. I want to stay there for a second because I think this is important. You did not learn this from any human being. We don't come up with new wisdom to share with the people. We come up with the wisdom that's already been sent by God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're in a place and a preacher stands up and says, I have something new to share with you, something new theologically or new biblically run because we don't need anything new because it's already been sent supported and maintained by God right now what we need to do is find out what that is because it's an eternal plan in the very first place but hear me it says Jesus told Simon man didn't reveal this to you so there was a revelation there for Simon to 
to, to get this, who Jesus was. So let me read on. Hopefully this is making sense. It says, now I say to you that you are, excuse me, Peter. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, again, he's not talking about building his church upon Peter. He's talking about building the church upon this revelation that Peter received. That he is the Messiah. That he is the son of the living God. So let's unpack for just a second. Is he your Messiah? Is he the son of the living God to you? Or are you at church because you like the people that you go to church with? I'm not saying that's a problem, but it should be more than that. Or you at church because you like the cause that your church stands for. Nothing wrong with that, but it should be more than that. What is the foundation for the body of Christ? What is important for us as the body to know he's the Messiah? What does the Messiah do? He saves. He's a savior. Have you been saved? If you've been saved, then that means wherever direction, whatever you were traveling for, that course has been stopped. You no longer have to head towards death. Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So once you are saved, that goes, not the first part, but the second part comes into life. The gift of God is eternal life. So now you're saved from the wages of sin and death. You now have what? Eternal life. Now, as this life begins to grow, it's progressively growing in your understanding. It changes you. You're not the same person. So I'm going to give you a clue. If you're hating the same people you did before you joined church, something's wrong. If you have the exact same pet peeves you did before you joined church, something's wrong. If you drew a bunch of lines in the sand about particular ideas and feelings and that hasn't changed, something's wrong. See, because when people die, whatever they found to be important in their lives ends at that death. Did you die? Were you saved from death? Do you now have eternal life? So we should be changed or begin to change a progressive movement of growth. Does this make sense? See, this is what the church is. So when you combine all that together, if, you know, with everybody that comes, if we're all working together on this progressive movement of change, of growth, then that gives us the power to go out of these doors and manifest who? Jesus. Not manifest me, but Jesus. Listen, I know you may not like this, but I need you to understand. If people know more about your church than they do about Jesus, there's a problem. Okay, I'm going to give you a second to chew on that before you start writing letters and emailing and doing all that kind of stuff. But it's important. If people know more about your church than they do about Jesus, there's a problem. Hello? Let me read on. It says, now I say to you 
that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build what? My church. He will build his body. He will build this ecclesia on what fact he's the Messiah, the son of the living God. And all the powers of hell. Man, this always makes me want to jump, dance. All the powers of hell, not some of them. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. Will not conquer it. So I don't care how crazy things look. Hell will never prevail over the body of Christ. So our job is not to worry about the opposition. Our job is to be concerned about the manifesting of Christ. We are to manifest the power that cannot be conquered. We are to manifest the victory of Jesus. We are to manifest that. How do we do that? When people are stuck in fear and in worry and trepidation, we bring a light of Christ to them. And we say, this Jesus cannot be conquered. This Jesus has authority over all things. Every knee will bow to Christ. Every knee. I pray God this is making sense to you today. This is what the church is. This is who we are supposed to be. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, we're just having fun today. Hopefully you are too. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read verses 16 and 17. It says, don't you realize that all of you together... That means everybody, the whole body of Christ all over the world. All of you together are what? The temple of God. And that the spirit of God lives in you. This same spirit that cannot be conquered, does not lose, now lives in you. And then when we're all Thinking about this and working at this together, we then realize that we become an undefeatable power in the earth. The light that emanates from us drives out darkness. So all together, do we realize we are the temple of God? Now, I've heard this preached before, but it was preached about me making sure I didn't do, I didn't drink any alcohol, I didn't smoke any cigarettes, I didn't do any of that stuff. And again, all of that stuff is good and important, but here's the step higher. If he lives in me, he lives in me so he can live through me. So his life can be manifested because people need the Lord. They don't need Benjamin. Benjamin and $5 might get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. But the Christ that lives in me through the Holy Spirit needs to, it lives in me, but needs to live through me. It needs to be manifested in society. Let me read on. (coughs) Excuse me. It says, God will destroy Mm, mm, mm. anyone who destroys this temple. You don't even have to worry about fighting and protecting yourself. He's working even when you don't know it. He said he would destroy. 
You don't have to go out and try to destroy this stuff. You don't have to. God got that. He needs us to come together and manifest him in the earth. I don't know about you. I'm excited. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. <coughs> Ephesians chapter one, y'all excuse me for coughing. I'm getting over a little bit of a cold. Um, Ephesians chapter one, listen, it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly places. So the same power that resurrected Christ, that same power now lives in you, now lives in me. Now, if we could get this, and we all begin to work together. We all begin to understand what our real cause is, what our real mission is. You know, usually in your house, it doesn't matter if there are different levels of darkness in the house. When you put the light on, light doesn't care about how dark dark is. Light chases darkness away. I don't care how many different levels of darkness there might be. And it's the same here with us. You can go out trying to fight darkness. But you already have the power together with your brothers and sisters to shine a light that eradicates darkness. Let's do that. Amen. Let's do that. It says now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. (coughs) I don't know how much more we need to hear to be encouraged. Everything. Now, eternally, it's already taken care of. So hear me. What's happening to us right now? Why are people living in stark fear? Because they've taken their eyes off of these truths. And they're listening to stuff that has no eternity. I need you. As the church to understand, we have to get back at our job. Man, it's nice to be able to come together in a beautiful facility and, and enjoy all the amenities of this beautiful uh, you know, facility. I love it. I do. I love it. It's a beautiful place. But this facility was created that we would come here and have a service that you don't have to worry about water, bathrooms, any of those kind of things. We come here and have this wonderful service that equips you, that admonishes you, that grows you, that gives you the power, that gives you insight, that restores you. The church, the church gives us, renews us, reminds us of this power that we are, that we have. So 
when the service comes to an end, then the church goes out the door and continues to fulfill its mission. The go ye therefore. Yes, that's right. We go out the door. Church is not us gathering in here just kind of doing our thing. We come here and we sing songs that inspire us. Kevin sang a song today and if that song didn't inspire you, we should be calling 911 to your house right now. Because something is wrong. But that song tells you that even when you're afraid, he's a promise keeper. Even when you think that he's left you, no, he's a promise keeper. Even when you're afraid, he's working even though you can't see him. He's going to protect you. That same truth is evident in these verses. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. How many things? So if he put all things under the authority of Christ, what's left? What's left that's not under his authority? That even has the inkling of a power to change his demand, change his direction. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Who's the church? We are. So that means all things have been put where? Under his authority for our benefit. So you can be free to go out and be the church. You don't have to worry about the darkness because light eradicates that. You don't have to worry about the people to try to destroy this because God will destroy them. So we need to be about the business of the church. I know, Pastor, you just make it too simple. I'm not making it simple. I'm just reading scripture. The scripture makes it simple. Let me finish reading this. It says, and the church, just in case you were confused, and the church is his body. And it is made full (coughs) and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere, all things everywhere with himself. I don't know about you. I love this stuff. I love it because it's so vitally important for us to do the paradigm shift. Some of you listening to me right now are at home angry, upset, fearful, all kinds of things. It's almost to the point that we can't even give you a strong theologically based sermon without it being picked apart, trying to find some kind of different avenues in it. I'm here to tell you the truth because I don't have time. I don't have the mental capability of figuring out all this other stuff. I don't. All I know, I needed Jesus. I called out the Christ. I asked him to come into my life. He saved me. I was buried. I was resurrected. I became a brand new creation. My old life is passed away. My new life begins. I am growing into this new person. God is not finished with me yet. And then he tied me to other people in the body that we can work together 
to let other people know the same transition that saved me saves you will save them. I don't care how dark it is for them. I don't care how crazy they look because I need you to know something. You were crazy. Somebody took the patience to talk to you. Somebody took the patience to pray for you. This is what we're supposed to do. Lead them to this place that gives them comfort. Leads them to this relationship with Christ that gives them strength. Real quick, last verse for today, and I'm going to close. Romans 12. I pray, God, this is benefiting you. Romans 12. And it reads as follows. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me. This is Paul speaking. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So all the power, all the authority, all the things we talked about comes down to this beautiful foundational piece that says we should be working together. We should be working together as one body. You should never think that God loves you more than he loves somebody else. You should never think that you are better than, more gifted than, than anybody else. I don't know about you. Every single part of my body, I enjoy. I enjoy my baby toe just like I enjoy my big toe. I am thankful for how they balanced. I had some arthritis. They called it trigger finger in this hand here. I couldn't grip a bottle, couldn't do anything. I mean, big, strong hands and lift weights, do all that stuff. I couldn't grip anything. I tried to lift a a little plastic bottle out of the refrigerator a couple months ago. Couldn't do it. Couldn't hold on to it because there was no real strength there. I went and seen the doctor. They gave me a cortisone shot. That bad boy healed up. I can grasp anything. I thank God for my thumb. I thank God for my finger. I thank God for being able to grip. Listen, in the body of Christ, there are different gifts. There are different people who do different things. Nobody's gifting is better than anybody else's. But if we can get the idea that the church has all of this under the leadership of Christ, and then (coughs) we all work together for his glory to manifest him in society, the world changes. I'm going to stop there because Satan trying to take my voice away right now. (laughs) But he won't win. It's important for us to get this. We're the church. The church is a place for us to change. I pray God this has been beneficial to you today. Come back and see us next week. Listen, I don't know exactly how or when all of this stuff is going to change or or what's going to be the final dates for any of this stuff. I really don't know. But this is what I do know. It doesn't matter if it happens virtually or if it happens in person. The word of God still has power 
and still has the ability to change your life when you submit to it. God bless you. Have a great day, and the Lord will see you next week.